You are now listening to The Power of the Cross with Pastor Farrell Wilson from Grenada, Mississippi. 2 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 9. And Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode up on a mule. And the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth, and the mule that was under him went away. And a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. And Joab said unto the man that told him, And behold, thou sawest him, and why dost thou not smite him there to the ground? And I would have given thee ten shekels of silver and a girdle. Now go down to verse 14. Then said Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. And finally, in verse 15, And ten young men that bear Joab's armor compassed about and smote Absalom and slew him. And I just want to preach to you a few moments today. It got so bad the mule ran away. You go with me to any, I've been to uh, something I, it's, I like doing to some extent because I got to researching my family histories. I like to go to cemeteries. I, I, don't, I don't stay there in them, but I, I did family research. And I, it amazes me, especially the older headstones you go to and you look at them. I know if you would go with me to Oxbury, pretty close to our house up on an old cemetery hill there. I walked through there one day. I told my wife, just pull over. I want to. I want to go up there and take a look. And I, I, I read there was epitaphs on some extremely uh, well-carved-out marble headstones. Some of them were doctors that uh, served the community well, and they only lived uh, maybe 35, 40 years old. I, I don't know if you know this, but one time uh, yellow fever ran through this area pretty bad. But you can see the stories on those headstones. Uh, you know, you walk in pretty much any cemetery, there's green grass, and there's a nice fence. Somebody's taking care of it. The tombstones, in fact, when I was doing research I, through tombstones and epitaphs, I was able to trace my mom's family history all the way almost back to Jerusalem, almost to the beginning. It's amazing. There was one man, he was something like a... Uh, his name was DeHarwell, and he was something equivalent to, like, almost the Pope in the Catholic Church. And through that, I found that my family had been uh, set up some colonies here in 1776. It was just amazing, and that's how I found out the information. But today, I want you to go with me to a different cemetery. And we, we don't see a nice green lawn there. We don't see a fence around it and taking care of There's no marble headstones. There's not even anything identifying a name, and the, much less a nice marble headstone with the epitaph of what happened in the man's life. All we see here at this graveyard today is a big pile of rocks. And beneath that pile of rocks is a big hole. And there was a body that was killed and thrown in that hole. They just threw him in the hole, and they threw stones on top of him, and he was left there. He was kingly. His bloodline was from a king, and his name was Absalom. 
The only epitaph we have of Absalom is the words recorded in the Bible when his father, David, cried out, Oh, my son, Absalom, oh, my son. He was heartbroken when he received the news that his son had died in battle. We have to ask ourselves as we see that king crying that day, how did Absalom fall so far? How did his life turn out so awful? It got so bad at the end of his life, even his mule ran away. That's bad. When your mule runs away, you got problems. I want to talk to you just a little bit about the story of Absalom, what we read and what happened in his life. David was the great king of Israel. God had said, this is my man. This is who I want over Israel. And he ruled during the golden years the height of Israel as we read in history. He had wealth. He had fame. Uh, And his third son was named Absalom. You probably heard of his other son, Solomon. He had one child that died through Bathsheba. And this is his third son, Absalom, who he absolutely loved this boy with all his heart. I see some of you fathers and mothers sitting around here. Some of your children ain't here today, and some of them are. And I know that you love your child with all your being. And David loved Absalom despite what he did to him. And you would think this young man would have grown in, in, to honor his father, but his heart was black with sin. He was jealous of his father, and he wanted the throne. He used to used his charm to claim over the people in Israel. There were, the Bible says there was not another man in Israel as good looking as him. Ladies, this guy, the Bible says he was good looking. Said he had long flowing hair. There wasn't even so much as a blemish on his body. He had it all. This was the Brad Pitt of Israel. I have yet to see a woman that said Brad Pitt was ugly. So this was the Brad Pitt of Israel. And he had everything, yet his heart was black with sin. He even had charm day after day. He would stand at the gates of the city. And back then, much business was conducted. For whatever reason they did, they would go to the gates of the city and they would discuss business. If you had a grievance... You would come to the gates and you would discuss that grieving, business to settle. All things were conducted at the gate, so the, the community would come to the gate. And he would stand there, and people would come to him and complain and present their grievances. And Absalom would tell them, Your cause is just, but there's no one to hear you. If I was the judge over Israel, I, you would have a friend with me, and I would share your grievance. They would bow down to Absalom, and Absalom would grab them by the arm and lift them up and say, no, don't bow down to me. I'm your friend. He was a great politician. He he promised the moon and stars, but yet his heart was black with sin. So he had, he was such a, uh, had such a personality about him, he was able to gather a huge army. And he was about to go to battle with his father. He wanted to take the throne of Israel. 
And David's men heard of this, and they said, we're going to gather up 10,000 men, and we're going out to fight. And David wanted to go, and they said, no, you're too valuable. One of you is equal to 10,000 men. And David told him, he said, I'll tell you what, I'll stay here on one condition. And here's the one condition, that you be fair with my son Absalom. Don't hurt him. So they go to the battlefield, and David's army is victorious. And it's bad for Absalom's army. It got so bad he seen what was coming, and Absalom takes off on his mule to try to get away. And I picture this in your mind. He, this mule is running. I'm sure the mule was wide open. Probably he was kicking that mule. Let's get out of here. And his head gets caught. I, I don't know if it was underbrush. It just says a big tree. I, I take it was just a big oak tree. And he maybe had to duck down. And when he did, his long hair got caught in the branch. And the mule just kept on going. And there Absalom is hanging in the tree. When I read that story, I had to ask myself, how did Absalom get in such a bad place from where he was at? No doubt his father had everything. And I, I, I had no doubt that Absalom at some point in his life maybe might have served the Lord. He knew who the Lord was. But you know, in his life it did not happen all at once. I don't know that anybody has went to hell in one straight plunge. It has always been a step by step by step until eventually it gets so bad in their life, even your mule will take off. Thank you for listening to The Power of the Cross. We pray this message is a blessing to you. You can access our sermons at GrenadaChurch.com. We also ask for your financial support in helping us reach the world with the gospel. You can donate to our ministry by secure means at GrenadaChurch.com and click Donate. That's GrenadaChurch.com and click Donate. Now, back to the message. He fell far to get where he was at. And I want to share with you this moment, that was my little introduction, just want to share with you a few moments of what, what steps were taken to get him where he was at. And the first one, there was a retribution of past sin. His father, David, had committed some heinous acts. Now, you still have to understand that David is a name that's mentioned all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's the first name you'll see in the New Testament, David, and it's the last human name mentioned in Revelation. David, a man after God's own heart. This man loved the Lord just as much as he loved his kids. But yet, David had committed a heinous act. He committed adultery and, I would say, accessory to first-degree murder. And, but you see David's heart. Despite all the things that happened in his life, when he gets word of Absalom's death, he cries and he weeps. I have to, and he cried out, Oh, Absalom, Absalom. And his heart was this. Maybe it's something I did in my life that caused such a grievance 
in my son's life and got him to that point where he is at. You know, God had told David, he said, because of your actions, the sword shall not depart from your house. That's why he wouldn't allow David to build the temple. And his other son, Solomon, had to build the temple because there was much blood on the hands of David. And I know that fathers, he walked up them stairs, King David, and he receives word that even despite Absalom's rebellion, he received word that his son had been killed and this man was blaming it on himself as he walked up them stairs. You know, I know one thing. That was a family curse back in the Old Testament. But I got good news for you today. The family curse has been broken at Calvary. Because of the blood of Jesus, we no longer have a retribution of sin upon our family if we know Christ is our Savior and, and that, that His grace and mercy, it breaks those, those chains on our heart. In the late 1800s, drinking was out of control in the United States. It was out of control in England. That's why we had things like the Prohibition come along, because drinking was out of control. And they had a movement called the Temperance Movement in the 1800s. It means to temper your drinking. What it means to slack off. Don't drink so much or just abstain from alcohol. And there was a great man named James Sterling that was a famous temperance speaker. He was from Scotland. He was a drunkard till the age 60. And one day Christ come into his life and he gave up 60 years of alcoholism. Praise God. And he went on to serve the Lord in this temperance movement. Having uh, He would go and hold these meetings and talk about the horrors of alcohol. And he led many people to Christ. But his son become a drunk and committed suicide. And his father cried out with a broken heart, If only I had not been a drunk my whole life, maybe this would not have happened. Now, I don't stand up here today as a hypocrite because even my oldest son, Zachary, had to see some things that wasn't so pleasant in my life. I've been down that road of alcoholism. I've been down that road of drugs. And I think now even things that go on in my family, I think to myself, could I have not been a better father? You better hear me this morning, folks. God's not looking for perfection out of you. No way. You're never going to measure up to the standard of God's perfection that He set forth in the moral Ten Commandments. I'm not saying we don't live by them. You go forward serving Christ, and you do all that you can do to serve God. But men of the house, women of the house, our children are watching us. Church, people are watching you. The church may not be the most fabulous thing in this generation. I don't care. That's not going to stop me one bit, honey. I'm going to keep going forward, and I'm going to do my best to let the light of Christ shine out in my life when I go out in this community because I've got something living in me now. Hallelujah. I've got the Holy Ghost down inside of me, and I have the ability by the power of the Holy Spirit with my simple faith when grace and mercy come into my life. Now I can be an example to my children. That doesn't mean your children are going to follow exactly what you do 
Absalom, case in point. But still yet, don't go back later in life and have to regret things. You know, it, it's one, I, I stand here today saved and made over a different creation in Christ. But there's nothing wrong with living a consecrated life to the Lord either. There's nothing wrong. It's one of the best lives you will ever have. You can't worry about your past. You can't change not a thing in your past. But going forward this day, you fathers and mothers hear me going across the radios, airwaves. You fathers and mothers hear me. Today, you can make a change in your life. Today, if you'll let Jesus Christ into your heart and your home and your community, you can make a difference as your children watch you walk in the light of Christ. Number two, Absalom wasted his life. He had great opportunities. Great. Some of us would just, if we seen the situation, we would just envy. He had it all. He had wealth. Something a lot of us men don't have, good looks. I mean, God, the Bible said he was good looking. He was, he was better looking than any man in Israel. That's good looking. When you don't have a blemish on your body, you got the looks. He didn't have nothing out of place. He had education. Tell you what, we take education for granted. We're blessed with public schools. It wasn't that way during that day. Women couldn't even go to school. What they had to teaching in the temples. Men were allowed to go. And really then only they were blessed and had the wealth. I'm telling you, you're blessed here in the United States. I'm telling you, you're blessed here in the United States. I'm telling you, you're blessed. I don't care what anybody says. We're still the greatest nation in the world. We're still the greatest nation in the world. Everything you have comes by the blessings of God upon this nation. And there's literally billions of people across the world that would change places with you right now. No questions asked. And be extremely thankful. He could have been a great king if he had just waited. But there's several things wrong there. Number one, he had no patience. Woo, Brother Wilson, you're not the one to be preaching on this. They that wait upon the Lord. What the prophet Isaiah said. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. I'm telling you, sometimes we jump out ahead of God. And next thing you know, our hair is caught in a branch and our mule ran off. And we're sitting there looking stupid. And God says, slow down. Slow down. Thank you once again for listening to The Power of the Cross. Our desire is for you to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. We have a vast library of teachings on our website available for free download. Go to GrenadaChurch.com and click Sermons. If you have questions or prayer requests, go to GrenadaChurch.com and click Contact. Now, back to the message. Great pride in his life. He knew that he had all these things. You know, he had built a great tomb for himself. He built a great place 
And he said, one day they're going to hold such a great procession for me. They're going to have my name plastered across this Absalom. And they're going to say what a great king he was. He had built his own kingdom. He didn't know he had built this kingdom on a shaky sand. His kingdom wasn't built on the rock of God. There was no stability. He said, my epithet is going to say, here lies the king, Absalom. But instead, when he went about it his own way, he was chucked into a hole with no grave marker and rocks thrown on top of him. Quit wasting your life on a few fleeting moments of the world. Folks, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't like saying this. You don't, I don't take no pleasure in what I'm about to tell you. But unfortunately, I have engaged in most of the evil the world has to offer. And if you haven't, let me share this with you. Please quit wasting your life on frivolous things. Somebody's going to be listening to this radio. I don't know who. And they're wasting their life away on things of the world. You know, your life is just a little at very best. It's just a vapor is what the Bible says. The Bible says you're like a flower that comes up one day and the sun beats down and you're gone the next. What will it be said on your epitaph? What will Jesus say to you at the judgment seat of Christ? Oh, hear me today, Christians. We got this idea in our mind that we got our little cabin in glory land and once we're saved, all is forgiven and that's true. But we, we're just going to dance right on off into heaven. And nobody's going to say nothing. I'm just going to go right by Jesus. No. After we're raptured out of here. After or if we don't make the rapture and we, have, we go by way of the grave. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those that are alive and remain will be called up to be with him in the air forever. That's where I'm going. And during the tribulation period here on earth, we will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Even though you're saved, you'll still give an account for every idle word. You'll give an account for every talent that God gave you that you did not use. I don't mean like talent of singing, because if that was the case, I wouldn't make it into heaven. I can't, I can't hear one. I like to sing, but they won't give me a mic. When Stacy first got up here, I said, give me some mics over here. And I got to look, and they even have batteries in it. He said, we love you, but you can't sing, Pastor. I, I ask her all the time, give me a mic. I'll sing. I'll sing a special. I'll do it too. But we wouldn't have anybody listening. Talents means what God has gave you. You may have a talent for construction. You may have a talent for finances. You may have a talent for praying. I don't mean talent like a talent as we think. I'm, I'm talking about something precious God gives you in this life. God may give you the ability to speak to people that are in trouble. God may, may have gave you the talent to be able to minister from behind the pulpit. I don't know, but you're never going to find out while you're walling around in the hog pen out in the world. You've got to come over to God's side. You've got to give God a chance to do a work in your life. You can't be like Absalom and set up your own kingdom, sir. You can't be like Absalom and set up your own kingdom, ma'am. You've got to do it God's way. Think of all the movie stars and rock stars here lately. 
had it all. I, I don't know. I read one the other day. I don't listen to them anymore. I remember back when I was young. Y'all remember probably a group called the Cranberries. They had a, it was a one-hit wonder. That was the name of them, the Cranberries. They were pretty popular. They had a song that was popular. I noticed they was going to get back together on a world tour. And the, everybody in the band was proud. They were ready to go. The day before they started the tour, they found the young lady dead in a bathtub in the hotel room done overdosed. Think of all the rock stars you know that have left this world. I remember somebody told a, a pretty good minister, said, well, you could have been like Elvis. He said, well, Elvis is dead and I'm still alive. Taking nothing away from Elvis. But, you know, people just because they have money and have it all in life, that doesn't mean they're going to use it rightly. Absalom squandered it away. Number three. Absalom's heart was black with sin. That was the nail in his coffin. You know, David had some really bad sin in his life, but it was different from his sons. I don't know, Solomon kind of fit the same categories he got up, but there was something unique about David that David had. David had a sin of passion, and then he murdered Uriah to cover it up. And it was personal, and soon David realized what a travesty he had committed. And David did something Absalom would have never thought about. He repented. He laid in the floor. and The great psalmist would tell the Lord to have mercy on him. Even while the trials of Absalom was going on, God have mercy on me and my son and my house. David had lost it all at one time, but he repented. You know, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life by that finished work that Christ did at Calvary, you have a power that work at the cross most of the church does not understand. You know, David would have been rejected as a minister in most churches. But God brought grace and mercy into his life. God brought him so far that he actually used his bloodline through a covenant to bring the Savior of the world in. It's amazing when you see the, the bloodline of Jesus Christ. There's murderers. There's adulterers. There's harlots. There's liars. There's thieves. But yet God recorded them down in history because they had something different. They repented. Absalom's sin was from the fountain of Satan. Rebellion against God. The only way we are going to see that God move across this nation again is that repentant heart like David had. One that can lay in front of the Lord and say, God, I have sinned. That can take situations where people have tried to come against him and say, oh God, oh God, my son, Absalom. How great the cost of Absalom's rebellion. Not only did he lose his life, not only was his daddy brokenhearted, but 20,000 men lay dead on the battlefield for his sin. When the church refuses the cross, they are engaging in Absalom's rebellion. My friends, we can only do this one way. We can't give in to all the false gods of this world. We can't do it our way. 
There's only one thing that earns you this grace and mercy with God. It's that repentant heart with your faith in the finished work of Christ. And not only does that save you, here's what the church misses, is that same faith will give you power to walk this life daily. That's what I was missing in my life. And when I found it out and I said, God, if this thing is real, God, if this thing is real, Take it from me. And from that moment on, God took things out of my life I never could do. I was healed instantly by the blood of the Lamb. A long time ago, a Roman jailer asked the important question to the Apostle Paul. What must I do to be saved? Paul said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. We must realize that our sin separates us from God. The Bible teaches that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What did God do about this situation? Well, he made it simple. Scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Accept him as your Savior. Resolve in your mind to make him Lord of your life. And follow him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength as long as you live. If you've made the decision for Christ today, we'd love to hear from you and send you a free Bible. Send us a message to info at GrenadaChurch.com. Thank you once again for listening to The Power of the Cross. If you have prayer requests, questions, or comments, email us at radio at GrenadaChurch.com or send them to the Lighthouse, P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi 38902. That's P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi 38902. God bless you and have a wonderful week.